Greetings. You have tuned into Searching for Love in All the Wrong Situations with Sacred Woman Practitioner Fifi. And we're going to pick up where we left off in um, my book, of A Collection of Poetry. I know last time we talked about um, basically acceptance, part one, acceptance, and um, basically dealing with the relationships, you know, with unavailable people, whether it be in romantic relationships or platonic relationships, having, you know, entering into these relationships with people who are unavailable um, and have made it known that they're unavailable and continuing to pine for acceptance. And the question was, how has that affected one's relationships? You know, um, how has your childhood trauma affected your relationship? And we had a guest, Irene, and she spoke about how her tri- childhood, excuse me, trauma has affected her relationships, you know, moving forward into young adult, adult, and now um, fully grown life. (laughs) So we're going to move on and we're going to talk about reassurance. Um, And part two is about reassurance. And you'll see why. (laughs) Um, First, I'm going to go into my excerpt of my childhood. It says, I was hungry, cold, and alone. My feet dangling off of a toilet that was too big. But I sit there because he said so. That was when I first felt loneliness. Now, let me paint a little bit of a picture Um, During this time, I was still with my biological mom, so I had to be under the age of four years old. And I had already experienced the feeling of loneliness. And as an adult, I have found myself like in my room by myself, staring at the ceiling, and I can go directly to an event of or a memory of me laying in my biological mother's home under the age of four on the couch in the dark, feeling that sense of loneliness, that being alone. Um, I'm not sure if I was home alone. I'm not sure why I was in the dark laying on the couch by myself. But I do find myself, even as an adult, laying in a room in the dark by myself. Oftentimes, I have found myself waiting, dangling, waiting for someone who I was supposedly dating or in relationship with. (laughs) Um, So it's very interesting how that feeling from my childhood to my adulthood correlate. So one of the poems that I wrote is untitled and it says how... Um, It says, this is how it starts. I have often wondered what type of world would allow such pain and agony to exist. Untouched, uninterrupted, left to run free, to grow and swallow humanity. 
I'm assuming <laughs> I wrote that during a time where something was going on in the world that, you know, I'm what they call an empath, or at least I believe I am. I feel everything and I can feel the heaviness of the world. I can feel the heaviness of, you know, people when they're not feeling good. If I'm close to them, I can feel if they're having a bad time in their life. It's just very interesting. So that was probably a time where I felt that way. This poem is called Nobody Is There. I am screaming from the inside out, but nobody cares. It appears that once again, nobody is there. I am on the verge of relapsing into yet another ambush of emotional distress. I confess that I have contributed to this inelasticity, although I put on as though I am full of tenacity at times, I am just weak. I am subdued by your lecherous ways, not only because this is how you feel toward me, but also because of your greed for money and women, which doesn't allow you to desire all I have to offer you. I am screaming from the inside out, and you, along with all of the world, are unconcerned. As long as I am showing you benevolence, you don't acknowledge me creeping into sullenness as I isolate myself. And resentfulness and venom flows from my lips as I take it back because I am screaming from the inside out, but nobody cares. It appears that once again, nobody is there. Now that deep loneliness is uh, definitely stems from the childhood trauma, right? You know, that feeling of, you know, even though someone was there, I'm... What I learned later is that I'm projecting some of my abandonment issues onto the individuals that I am in relationship with. Because although I may feel that this person has agreed for money, women, which doesn't allow them to desire me the way I feel they should, um, that's not necessarily true. I learned that later going through my rites of passage with sacred woman. Um, under the tutelage of Queen Afua. This next poem is called Dear Alone. Because we go through these phases in life, right? Um, where we're working through our trauma and we're trying to figure out, you know, things about ourselves. This is called Dear Alone. I have shamed myself several times before but not the way I lay vulnerable for you alone. I lay bare, so stripped from all dignity again for you alone. I get dehydrated and thirst for a taste of salty perspiration across my brow, your brow alone. I remember your nakedness against mine. And in that instance, I realize I might always end up with you alone. I believed all the verbs, adjectives, and nouns that rolled off of your tongue and exited your lips, which means I believed in you alone. I cursed the mere thought of losing you, shut out the world for you alone, danced in the midnight moonlight for you alone, 
put dreams on hold for you alone. You stirred in me a fire I could not conceive alone. And it made me unveil myself to you and you alone. This is here another example of me sitting in my what I perceive to be loneliness, not not having a deeper understanding of the void that was within me, which we'll get to. This next poem is called My Definition of Sorrow. In the still of the night, I am alone. In the shadows of the dark, I cry. In the closets of my house, I hide. In the brushes and the trees, I search. In the depths of my heart, I hurt. In my belly, I yearn. In my smile, I pretend. In my walk, I am fake. I am sorrow. Now we'll go into peaceful soul, number one. Being afraid of feelings can lose you happiness, but letting go of fear can put your soul to rest. This is someone who is seeking. When the book says searching for love in all the wrong situations, Seeking and searching for a peace, a love within. Peaceful soul, number two. I feel at ease, no pain, no more. My body is cold, my soul up in smoke. I see the clouds overhead, such a secure feeling. My God, I'm dead. Shall I go back to that painful earth or should I be happy with this peaceful soul? I used to search. Shall I cry for the people I miss? Or shall I go on and get used to this? Will you cry when I've departed and gone? I can't worry about that because this peaceful soul is home. And in this poem, although I'm speaking of death, it's not necessarily death in the physical form. Mmm. Mmm. But it's the death of seeking for the the lonely. It said, I feel at ease. You know, I see the clouds over my head. And it's a secure feeling. So it's, it's a desire to feel peaceful and to be filled and to be happy, joyful. But not in a way of you know, actually dying like a suicide type of death, but just, oh, how do I dead the pain of abandonment and loneliness? This next poem is called Nothing, and this is on page 37. I write, but sometimes I don't. I write, but sometimes I won't. You see, it seems as though my pen gets stuck in a rut. It's like it wants to shut up when I am feeling nothing. No happiness, no sadness, no joy, no anger. Just feeling nothing. You see, it seems as though my pen gets stuck in a rut. It's like my pen wants to shut up when I am hiding my feelings for you. And the blues you give me, the excuses I give you for making me numb, feeling nothing. Feeling nothing. 
no happiness, no sadness, no joy, no anger, just feeling nothing. You see, when you're with me, I think I feel something, but it becomes clear to me when you leave that really, I should feel nothing because you do not inspire me (laughs) because you are unavailable. You see, it seems as though my pen gets stuck in a rut. It's like my pen just wants to shut up because I want to feel something. But to protect my heart, I choose to feel nothing. Mm. Choosing to feel nothing because of the abandonment that I felt as a child moving into my teenage years, moving into my 20s, my 30s, even into my 40s, not having the courage to fully blossom. And then I went through a rites of passage and that really um, helped me to blossom into the woman that I am today. However, there's some scriptures that I have here in my book that answer the cry of the little girl who was sitting on that toilet that was too big for herself because he said so. The the young woman who is talking about feeling free in death and, and, and letting loneliness die. The little the, the young woman who talked to to alone as if alone was a person because it had become so familiar to her. Matthews 28, 20 says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Psalms 27, 10. This is from the spiritual Bible, the, the, the book, the, one of the powerful um, books of life. <laughs> the Bible. The Bible that I grew up with, um, reading and learning and growing with. So it says, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Psalms 27, 10, Joshua 1, 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalms 139, 1 through 2. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Psalms 147, 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Revelations 3 and 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Isaiah 54 and 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. (laughs) The Answers to the cry of loneliness were right there in the book, the holy book that I grew up with, that I may have read and didn't have a deep understanding about what it meant to to have a God 
a creator who helps us deal with our loneliness, the abandonment issues that we may have from our childhood. Those of you who have that, you know, the, 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 the guilt, the shame, everything that we feel from that. So when I brought my thoughts all together, it says in your loneliness, focus on God. God understands that you want to be known, loved, seen, accepted. But God doesn't want you to compromise yourself to be loved, seen, and accepted. So to avoid loneliness, God doesn't want us to be with this man or be with this woman or, you know, compromise our belief systems and compromise the sacredness and the holiness of our being, the righteousness in us, the God in us, just to be seen, accepted, loved. God doesn't want you to settle for less. God does not want you to settle for less than what God has for you. God understands and knows all that you've been through. And God will heal your broken heart. (laughs) Patch up that deep loneliness inside you. Those issues that you have with being abandoned. The fear that you have about being abandoned. The guilt that you may have about compromising your sacredness because you were abandoned God will allow you to see what you need in your life to heal your broken heart will meet all your needs and give you what you desire through you beginning to have knowledge of self God will guide you to a healed broken heart And you will be able to meet your needs and what you desire will come to you because you will be radiating on such a high vibration that is how could it not? (laughs) I had to learn this over time and it has not been easy. Um, I have to ask daily to make my heart content with just me alone. And in that I vibrate so high that I bring positive, sacred, healthy relationships into my life. Now, our children have experienced a very difficult time here as it relates to loneliness with COVID. And... You know, with that, you know, them having to sit with themselves, no longer playing sports, not, you know, hanging out with friends, no classroom interaction. You know, parents got to know their children. Children got to know themselves. Uh, Your relationship with God had to be between you and the Lord. It could not be, you know, it's not the building. It it gave a true meaning to the church is not the building, but we are the church. We are the temple. We are the mosque. We are all of that. Um, We all the altar is within us. Um, And going through COVID gave us a really good (laughs) example of what that looks like. So the question that I would like to pose is, uh, it's a twofold question because I could say, 
how has, you know, um, being abandoned by maybe your parents or a loved one or a mate, how has that affected you? But because my guest is going to be my son, I'm going to pose the question, how did the abandonment of COVID, like us being isolated, the isolation of COVID-19 have an effect, good or bad, on your life? I can say for myself that I went through some mental health challenges, but oh, after all the dust, you know, came off, which I'll talk more about this when I talk to my son as my guest in the next episode, um, my whole life has changed. Now, it was an ongoing change, you know, with cancer in 2018, um, some mental health stuff that I went through. You know, I lost my granddaughter in 2018 as well. Um, I went through some mental health stuff with uh, my job. Um, I went through a rites of passage during that same, just all mixed up together. So, so many layers of change happened um, in my life throughout the COVID you know, after 2018 and 19, and then 2020, the, the rites of passage, the, the mental health with my job, just different things happen. And um, 2020 or 2021, not really sure, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, COVID-19 affected me both negatively and positively. And we're going to talk more about that when we talk to my son and he tells us how, you know, his generation dealt with COVID and what it what it did for him what it did you know how it affected him I can only say that I am not happy COVID came because we lost a lot of people but if it did not give you a perspective of life I don't know what will and you know I had several situations happen back to back to back to back that gave me a perspective of life that was life-changing. So I just want to say, go in love, go in peace. Do not let anyone take you off of your throne. Know that the God in you, the God in me sees the God in you. That relationship, sacred relationship, we'll talk about that over time as we get deeper into the book. Um, As I start explaining more of where I am today. Sacred relationship is key, and that is first relationship with the divine God, the most high. Second, sacred relationship with yourself. Before you can go out and ask someone to fill um, a hole in your life that may have stemmed from your childhood, you have to really do some shadow work with yourself and... I just wish you all the best. (laughs) Thank you once again for tuning in to Searching for Love in All the Wrong Situations. And look out for that next episode with my son and myself as we dive in deeper about this thing called loneliness. Peace and blessings. Until next time, love and light.